1: Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie.
2: Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Happy October. This is More Than Amused Podcast. My name is Sadie.
2: And I am Stani, and thanks for all of you for being here and coming back every week for more of our discourse. There we go. Sound more official? Of our discourse on, on feminism in the arts.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and today we're
2: really going to um, oh, knock yeah. up the this, prestige by talking about. Definitely. This is a prestigious topic. We're talking about Twilight.
1: You know what, though? (laughs) I have much commentary on it. Oh, yeah. So. There is a
2: lot. If you want to go down an internet rabbit hole. There's so much discourse (laughs) on Twilight. (laughs) It really is, actually. This is going to be fun. We thought it was like a good mild October tie-in. Yeah. Is that like a good? Yeah. Vampires are, I mean,
1: usually associated with Halloween. So, yeah. I agree.
2: Yeah. Me and my mom have been working on like an alternative halloween movie list oh cool yeah because yeah we're not like a horror movie people we don't watch a lot of them i even tried to watch the haunting of hill house with her and she didn't like it She thought oh, it was no. too sad so it I was it like is, okay it is kind of sad it is sad Yeah, that's fair <laughs> and she was like does it get happier and i was like oh no, no. it gets much worse
1: <laughs> yeah
2: and so the problem with a lot of like halloween movie lists is that they put on a lot of like horror movies or really scary movies Mm -hmm. and then a lot of the basic ones that like everybody watches or if you try to find more like family friendly ones that aren't as scary then it's like kids movies yes like no we don't necessarily want to watch like frank and weenie (laughs) i mean er (laughs) no harm to that franchise but i am not a child so we've been trying to come out of the list yeah yeah of like other movies that you could watch around halloween time yeah i and love that twilight i feel like perfectly fits into that category where you get totally some of the intense spookiness without the horror movie yes. aspect and yet it's not quite child friendly either so yeah, it's like a good best of both worlds right yeah, there. you know a nice little combination of them all if there was like a venn diagram i feel like we could put twilight in the middle of the sweet spot for Halloween movies. What
1: is your personal experience
2: with Twilight then? So, I mean, when they were first out and really big, I wasn't able to read them. <laughs> I was not either. My mom did not <laughs> allow me to. However, my mom read them and she my really mom did too, liked yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And she like told us the whole plot and everything. So I kind of knew what was going on. It's funny now that because I have read them, like it really is harmless teen romance.
1: Yeah. There's literally not even mentions of sex until yes. breaking
2: dawn. So I know. It's actually kinda funny. I was reading in the research and like we'll get to it later, but it mentioned that a lot of libraries and stuff banned the first Twilight book because they said it was sexually explicit.
1: Uh, no. And I was like,
2: there's nothing in this like that I mean, you would even
1: like beyond the fact that she's like obviously very attracted to this.
2: Yeah, hot vampire. They don't. Yeah, they don't have sex. They have a lot of sexual tension. Yeah, but that's Uh, but that's not sex thing, isn't (laughs) it? Very big difference.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: like Pride and Prejudice has sexual Sexual tension.
1: tension. That's true.
2: And that's like a romance novel that no one would consider banning from a school. So
1: yeah, (laughs) encouraged, in fact.
2: Yeah, so it was kind of interesting to read that because it was like, um, I mean, in the fourth book, but even then it doesn't it's go It's so nearly... mild. Yeah, it's yeah, not like a in...
1: steamy romance novel sex scene. Like,
2: No, not at all. So I remember, I think, watching the movies first. I did too. Mm-hmm. And then I read the books. I wasn't that much older. I read the books at like 17. Yeah,
1: I think it was my senior year of high school that I finally yeah. was like, I should probably read these books like this yeah. feels like a part of culture that I should be at least a little bit acquainted with and I know I'm going to like
2: them so agreed yeah it took me two tries to get through Breaking Dawn I remember that because I read until yeah truthfully I don't know if I actually ever finished Breaking
1: Dawn but I oh it's
2: actually really good okay I, I should the book
1: yeah I think I just like watched the movies and I was like okay I know what happens and I read the yeah. first three books I liked the first three books like they were good mm-hmm.
2: yeah no I agree so yeah I remember enjoying them um I remember not being as like hyped about it as I think a I lot of other people were <laughs> yeah but we were a little bit past that yeah and I remember society. kind of like I read them but I didn't bring it up (laughs) because I think we were kind of in the time period where everyone was hating on it yeah and everyone had like moved
1: past it like everyone loved it and moved on and yeah everyone was hating Twilight so intense and intensely that I was like well I'm reading it for the very first time now so
2: (laughs) and I was like they're not bad (laughs) they're actually kind of enjoyable (laughs) like I'm thoroughly entertained by it edward and bella which we can all agree edward was much better in the books for some reason than in the movies but i i don't dislike
1: robert pattinson though i don't either yeah i just think think when you compare him
2: with taylor lautner on physical attractiveness it was Mm -hmm. hard to side with robert pattinson at all times (laughs) you know i especially like as a teenager you see it yeah, as a teenager, as a teenager I think older I see yeah. it now more. Yeah, the
1: older I get, the more I'm like, mm, definitely Robert Pattinson.
2: But yeah. you're right, as a
1: teenager, it was full Lautner Hogg. was like, that's Lautner, what
2: Lautner, duh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then it was like, okay, but personality wise and everything else, like, obviously Edward was the better fit. Also, like- <laughs>
1: I wonder too, like, when the books were coming out and it was like Team Edward versus Team Jacob, like, it's so obvious that she was always going to end up with Edward. So, yeah. like, did people actually think that she was going to choose Jacob? Because she was never going to choose Jacob.
2: I really don't quite understand the whole Team Edward, Team Jacob thing. Because, yeah, it's kind of like she Jacob was such. She never actually
1: liked him.
2: No. She just... And he was such an afterthought in the first book. Yes. It's like we all knew where this series was going. Plus, in the second book, like, he was her friend. But, like, she was still focused on Edward. Edward. The also, time. like,
1: why would you marry a werewolf knowing that they could eventually go on to what, like, imprint? Is that what it's called? Which obviously yeah. we can talk about later on what ends somebody up else happening.
2: oh I know exactly. The worst like, part of that whole series. <laughs> the imprinting yeah on her daughter <laughs> yeah we'll talk about it I don't think it bothers you me as much you nicknamed my
1: I, daughter I after the Loch Ness Monster that's yeah. the funniest line in that entire that series <laughs> agreed um <laughs> before I anyway, talk more I do want to yeah. say like I am not here to make the claim per se that like <laughs> that like Twilight is like the perfect literary masterpiece no. like the that has been no. scorned and betrayed no it is young no. adult romance like and that's yeah. what it is and you want to know what it's fun and i thoroughly enjoy reading yeah. it the movies are obviously ridiculous but they're yes. fun they're and fun they're, and i enjoy watching and them. i enjoy watching them and what yeah. I, I will point out is there are so insane double standards with insane the way I, twilight was viewed in other things which we definitely will talk about but i not yeah to jump we're not ahead. trying to
2: say that twilight is the best thing that ever happened no no, no. ever no <laughs> <laughs> however twilight had a really big lasting impact it did we'll dive into that was kind of insane like the cultural impact is just beyond what a what lot of think. other yeah it done which is kind of insane mm-hmm. um and also like the level of hate it received just doesn't match up with yeah what it actually, actually. was or actually was how bad it was which i watched a yeah. youtube video of that was like i'm mm-hmm. sorry
1: stephanie meyer or dear stephanie yeah. meyer or something where she was like oh like basically like we had all painted her as like this like narcissistic psychopath author because she didn't read her negative reviews which like good job like that is a form of self-care I know. right
2: i know which nowadays like hardly anyone why does would that you anyway? do that
1: yeah yeah and and like the way twilight was like oh it's trash it's garbage when it's like no it's not the no. best thing i've ever read but like it is it wasn't the good, worst natured enjoyable <laughs> young adult fiction and that's the other thing too it's it's created for young adults it mm-hmm. was created for teenagers it was not specifically for the college teenage girls
2: yes exactly yeah which i think like if you want like an episode that will tie in really well to this i think our fangirls totally episode is like a really good prerequisite for this because you talk about the fact that society just has this need to like hate on things that are made for and appreciated by teenage girls we just
1: hate teenage girls
2: (laughs) yeah which is really sad because like Oh my gosh, like think of someone who's going through more in their life than like a teenage girl. <laughs> teenage girls need help. <laughs> yeah, like let them have fun and enjoy the things that are made for them that they yeah. enjoy. Like it's kind of weird. That's what that,
1: Yeah. It is weird and I saw this like thing that was like it's so funny how the same people who create things for teenage girls will turn around to blame the teenage girls for annoying like for enjoying yeah. it you know and mm-hmm. it's like why like if it was something created for them why are we like oh stupid girls enjoying the thing that is most li- like yeah. that they're most likely to enjoy it's like whoa. i know
2: i was like wow this young adult romance novel that was written for teenage girls how dare they be excited about it? how dare they be intrigued by this like
1: <laughs> excuse me it's like isn't that the point this was designed for them thank you middle-aged oh man for giving your opinion on literally a young adult fiction yeah novel but anyway we're getting ahead of ourselves we are (laughs) I like I said I had to put in that precursor of like I promise I am not making the argument that this is the best book ever written no but I still have some thoughts
2: yes and maybe like if you're listening you've never heard of Twilight which I would actually be really shocked. So if you haven't, maybe you haven't like, heard
1: of Twilight. <laughs> yeah, that,
2: that's actually kind of shocking to me. But let's go into a little bit of the background on Stephanie Meyer and Twilight. Itself. Yes. So Stephanie Meyer was born on December 24th in 1973 in Hartford, Connecticut, and she was actually the second oldest out of six children. Um, her dad was a financial officer, and her mom was a stay-at-home mom or a homemaker, which I really like that the Wikipedia thing put it as a homemaker.
1: Yeah. Love that. It's, like, kind of nice and wholesome.
2: I know. Um, she was raised in Phoenix, Arizona, primarily, and actually spent her undergraduate years of college at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, which is not that far away from us. Home sweet home. <laughs> she got her bachelor's in English literature and graduated in 1997 and then ended up meeting her future husband, Christian Meyer, in Arizona. when, And they had actually known each other their entire lives. But ended up getting married in 1994 when she was 21, which sounds really young to a lot of people, but it's actually pretty typical for the religion that she and we are a part of. Um, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, that's a very typical age to get married. Yeah.
1: Admit, I mean, I I was 20. I was 20. I was almost 21. I was 22.
2: So, (laughs) yep. I'm a part of the stereotype. (laughs) It's
1: fine. I've moved on.
2: Yeah, it's just the cultural. like being here it's just what happens it's not weird anyway so um together they have three sons uh and um actually before writing her first novel Meyer had considered going to law school because she felt that she wasn't gonna have a chance of making it as a writer um but then after the birth of her oldest son in the same Year she graduated, so three years after they got married. In 1997, she changed her mind because once in her words, she said, once I had Gabe, I just wanted to be his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Before becoming an author, Meyer's only professional work was a receptionist at a property company. I mean, pretty normal life. According to Meyer, the idea for Twilight came to her in a dream on June 2nd, 2003. And this dream was about a human girl and a vampire who were in love. Um, But he thirsted for her blood because he's a vampire. Um, Based on this dream, she wrote a draft of what would become chapter 13 of the book. Wow. Which I don't remember exactly what chapter 13 is, but I I remember hearing something about this. And I think it was the meadow scene where they're Uh, like laying in the meadow. I think that was the dream she had, but I'm not sure. I didn't check. So she wrote chapter 13 to the end of the novel and then backfilled the first 12 chapters, which is actually kind of insane. To yeah, me I to was think like, of, what's like, so
1: weird to like write it backwards?
2: Yeah, but like kind of cool. Anyway, she wrote it in secret pretty much and didn't really have an ideal audience in mind or the intention to publish it because she was just like writing out her dream that she had had, like yeah. not really thinking anything of it. Um, she did end up doing a lot of research on the Quilu Native Americans to include their legends and traditions into the novel, which I will mention a lot of people of the that tribe consider it very offensive that she included these. There is probably a level of white privilege and ignorance when it came yes. to her just including these, but... Anyway, they are in there. Um, In three months, she had transformed the dream into a complete novel and then actually gave it to her sister to read, and her sister loved it so much, she persuaded her to send in the manuscript. Wow. Yeah. So she wrote 15 letters into different publishers, five went unanswered, nine brought rejections, And the last was a positive response from Jody Reimer of Writer's House. At the end of the day, eight publishers ended up competing for the rights. So that's kind of crazy to me, actually, because I think that's more than Harry Potter had. By November, she signed a 750,000 three-book deal, which is pretty great, I think. For, like, your very first book? I mean, I know very
1: little about the publishing world, but I imagine that's a good thing. (laughs)
2: I agree. Like, I think that's a pretty decent deal. Yeah. Um, Twilight was published in 2005 with a print run of 75,000 copies. It reached number five on the New York Times bestseller list for children's chapter books, which I think is just included in the young adult chapter. <laughs> okay, I was like, what? Yeah. But that makes sense. <laughs> so it reached number five within a month of its release and then later ro- rose to number one. Wow. The novel was named the Publisher Weekly's Best Book of the Year and the New-, New York Times Editor's Choice like i mentioned before it ended up being one of the most challenged books though too because people were like it's sexually explicit it's age inappropriate and a lot of people were against the religious views which i know people brought up the fact that there's like hidden mormonism teachings or something in twilight i have no well, idea like, <laughs> i
1: think the only thing is like do you, you know the be there in five podcast yeah where it's like she made this like comment of like twilight is like it's like a virgin's fantasy, right? Because it's like he's all about like no, we have to wait until marriage. But it's like because he's traditional, like he's 107 or whatever years old, like that's how it's presented in the book, so he's like a traditional type of guy. Yeah. So, I think that's why. But like I really can't imagine like I don't know, like schools and <laughs> libraries banning a book because they don't have sex. Like also, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know. Kind of 'Cause I couldn't even think of anything that really That's the only ties thing that in. I can think of that would be like anything to do with
2: Yeah, but there's so many historical fiction novels where they wait until they get married. That's yeah. like a typical things. That wasn't weird. Also like to me. They are like junior I don't know. She's a junior in high school. I mean in Utah. I mean we it's grew up normal. in
1: Utah, so I feel like maybe things are different. Like I'll admit. <laughs> But
2: it wasn't weird to me. It wasn't weird to me either. (laughs) And I didn't see any connection to religion. The only thing I thought kind of connected was the way that she describes turning into a vampire with Bella in the fourth book kind of connects to our ideas of resurrection.
1: Oh. But I
2: just thought that was cool. Interesting take. (laughs) (laughs) Like your body being perfected but i don't know
1: <laughs> i did that not was just ever my brain. consider the tie-ins of Mormonism <laughs> and Twilight but here we are here we are
2: no but that was some of the criticism which i thought was kind of weird because yeah
1: i do find it like funny the fact that it's sexually explicit because really all that it was was Bella was expressing sexual
2: desire yeah for Edward. she wanted to have sex so, and he didn't so it's like is
1: it banned is it inappropriate for other women to read that another like for other for teenagers to read that another teenager is also sexually attracted like is that's what's so horrible about this is to be like oh cool she's also sexually attracted to a man or a vampire i suppose is that what was so offensive i'm what i don't know if anything that's a good thing
2: there's other young adult books that Are more intense? Probably. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway, very (laughs) weird. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) they don't have sex. That's all.
2: Um, so then the sequel New Moon ended up reaching number five on the New York Times bestseller list in its first week after publication. And in second week rose to the number one position where it remained for the next 11 weeks. In total, it spent 50 weeks on the list, which is insane. Wow. Yeah. After the release of Eclipse, the first three Twilight books spent a combined 143 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. And the fourth installment of the Twilight series Breaking Dawn was released with an initial print run of 3.7 million copies. Um, Over 1.3 million copies were sold on the first day. The series has sold over 100 million copies worldwide in 37 languages. In 2008, the four Twilight books were in the top four spots on US Today's year-end bestseller list. And Meyer was the best-selling author of 2008 and the first author to have books in all four of the top-selling spots. Wow. Because all four of her books were in the top four categories for bestselling at the same time, which is insane. Yeah. Um, the Twilight novels held the top four spots on USA Today's year-end list again in 2009. And um, according to the scholar, like, You I'm going to say it wrong. Anyway, to a scholar, um, the Twilight series popularized and helped redefine the paranormal romance subgenre, which, yeah, Can we talk about that for a minute? The fact that before this, vampires were like Dracula. Yeah. Like they were not sexy. No. And like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Vampires were kind of gross and weird. Think of when you were a kid and they'd tell you to draw out a vampire. It always had like a widow's peak and fangs. Or like the puppet from Sesame Street. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a vampire. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time that something... And especially werewolves as well. They were they only turned during the full moon. They were what you'd think of in Harry Potter. Very like, oh yeah, like there there was nothing sexy
1: about vampires and werewolves. No, they
2: were scary. They would bite you and you'd turn into a monster, and you wouldn't have any connection to who you were. And vampires would get burned by the sun and only came out at night. Or lived in they didn't sparkle wherever they live. Yeah. Which, I mean, is silly, but then again, at the end of the day, like, she changed the entire genre of two different paranormal creatures.
1: Yeah, and, like, almost, like, changed the way in society we viewed them.
2: Yeah. I think. Because from this, you have, like, Vampire Diaries. Which
1: came out in 2009, so. Yep. Like, obviously, it was, like, people were like, oh, people
2: are interested in vampires. Mm -hmm. Let's capitalize on this here. Exactly. And I feel like that happens with every young adult. Thing mm-hmm. that's released then stuff comes out after
1: also but, I feel yeah. like this also just shows the power of teenage girls which mm-hmm. you're right that I think our fangirls episode is like a really big precursor to this that I didn't even realize at first yeah (laughs) like before I sat down to actually like prepare for this episode I wasn't like really had I didn't have that in mind when I knew we were talking about Twilight I didn't either as I was reading this I was like oh my gosh like this is just further proof that teenage girls literally just run everything yeah (laughs) they are what decides what becomes popular in like pop culture and media
2: and mm-hmm. they're constantly villainized for it and never get the credit for it either. Agreed. Yeah, like I think I even said it in our fangirls episode, like teenage girls are the tastemakers. Yeah, they of they our really society. Are. They're the ones who decide what's cool, what's not cool, what's in, what's not. Like fashion, everything. It's following teenage girls. And yet we constantly villainize them and make fun of them for everything that they like. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's a million dollar industry. Um, On top of that, I also feel like Twilight pulled in a lot of like the older women audience that isn't usually marketed to or like for like those young adult, especially
1: like people wouldn't think that they'd be interested in that, but they totally were.
2: Yeah, it was like a big deal for a lot of people because it was just something fun and harmless and yeah. It wasn't sexually explicit. Like a lot of books are marketed for adults, you know? It was something that women could read and just enjoy Yeah, in I, general. I was like
1: reading something that it's like all the young girls and their moms loved it, mm-hmm. right? And I yeah. think it – you're right. Like I think it was able – it was like lukewarm enough that – anyone could read it you know but it like mm-hmm. still had enough of an edge that I guess it was still being banned in libraries and schools
2: you know <laughs> which I mean Harry Potter was also
1: banned um, Oh, yeah. I mean a lot a of bunch books of are banned books. for a lot of yeah. very silly reasons in the past <laughs> so I'm not gonna like justify that too much moving on
2: I l- want to talk about the movies no the movies were a very big deal
1: yes which by the way I had I read somewhere the Twilight movies is not the Twilight movies, but like the franchise, I'm pretty sure it's like a 3.3 billion dollar industry, is what I read somewhere.
2: Even today? Yeah. Well, like in That's total, insane. like with oh, movies, okay. books,
1: and everything, 3.3 billion dollars. So like, go Stephanie
2: Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously
1: though. Like, how did you do that? And okay, so Twilight still one of the most popular movies, right?
2: It grossed more mm-hmm. than has grossed more than 400 million dollars. Kind of a funny note, really quick about the movies when they were being like bid out or something mm-hmm. to different studios. I don't know entirely how that whole process works. But um, in the beginning, a really big studio signed on mm-hmm. and then was like, oh, never mind. We don't want it. We don't think it's going to be important. There we go. Paramount Pictures. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, originally copyrighted it. And then they released it because they thought that the movie would flop, which is weird because it was a best-selling book So it's kind of funny, so then this little studio, it was like this tiny overseas like little studio um they bought it in Summit Entertainment and or we're talking about it had even said like, oh, I would never like who would ever wanna direct that? That sounds ridiculous uh-huh. like uh, just trash. If I can find the actual quotes, I'll read them later, but I can't find them right now. But then it went on to like be huge box office hits, obviously like grossing a ton of money. It like helped this little studio become even more important and go on to produce really good movies. And one of those directors that originally was like, oh, I would never, that's trash, actually ended up directing one of the sequel course. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny that it was just like all these people were talking crap about it and they're like, oh, I don't want anything to do with this. And then it would go on to be one of the most popular franchises in of- cinema as well as older. Regularly. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I wanted to talk about because the director of the first Twilight movie was a woman and her name is Catherine... Yeah hardwick and kind of like you mentioned like it was super low budget like especially considering it was like Mm -hmm. a fantasy movie where they would need special effects which like i mean hang on spider monkey like that (laughs) the effects are not the best thing i've ever seen right um yeah (laughs) what she had to work with what she could you know Mm -hmm. and I mean I also think the dialogue in that first movie is especially like eh, like you can tell things were a bit under budget but I think overall like she did a great job at like capturing the feel like and something that someone pointed out was like the fact that like it was done with like the blue tones and I've I've seen even like on Twitter like putting people putting the scenes from Twilight without like the tone um, or the filter, I guess. I, I can't think. I don't know the right, like, film.
2: Yeah, she basically, she changed all of the warm yes. colors to be cool. She put, like, a blue over color on everything. Yeah, yeah, cool. And it just made it, like, really cold and kind of spooky. Yeah, it fit it the fits vibe. really, really well. Yeah, just, like,
1: all of these things that, like, she did a great job, truthfully. I mean, okay. <laughs> I've said, I'm not here to say that Twilight's the best movie I've ever seen. I like it. I like it a lot. It's, it's fun. That's why I like it. I like it because it's fun. <laughs> but I mean, the, what I think is so crazy is like the first weekend. Oh, no, no, no. On its opening day, it grossed $35.7 million, which I'm pretty sure like the budget, if I re- I read somewhere, was like $37 million. Like it literally made its money back first day. And it was like $69 yeah. million they earned in their first weekend.
2: That's insane. <laughs> Yeah, it also is kind of a bummer, though, that after that first one, they never had another female well, that's director. Yeah, I know. I think that's dumb, <laughs> too. Yeah. And I think even the female director made a comment. It's like, no one wanted to do it, so they gave it to a woman. Yeah, because like, then of if, course, like, it
1: bombed, they could
2: almost, like, put it on that. Blame it her. on her. Which is a whole other thing we could go into on how that's such an issue in film. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, like, she did a really good job. The director did. Yeah. With, considering with what she had and the angles that she took and everything that she did yeah. was very like well
1: even to like
2: it was her call to like
1: kind of have the internal monologue that Bella has mm-hmm. throughout the book I'm mean, not throughout the book throughout the movie like that was her call and like she had to, I mean yeah. obviously like a book to film adaption is like not an easy task
2: so I think they did I really think good with the book to film adaption I think they did too yeah and the casting especially um I know it was kind of controversial. A lot of people are very against Kristen Stewart. Um, however, I think from the way that Bella's described... Yes. ...and Edward, like, I think they actually did a really decent job. That's what I
1: and wanted to talk about, is people love to say yeah. Kristen Stewart is a bad actor. No, no, no. She was just really good at playing Bella,
2: and Bella, Bella. is not the most likable character. <laughs> no, she's really not, and I think... There's even something to be said about that, that, like, you don't necessarily ever think that Bella is perfect or likable, but she's relatable. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's what,
1: like, (laughs) the design of the character was. Like, the design was to, like, be the kind of character, like, everyone could kind of see themselves in, kind of awkward, but, like, still manages to get the super hot vampire, you know?
2: Yeah, it's like, she's not exactly like she's not a perfect character no she has and flaws. she's not she's a teenager. likeable girl. i mean new moon no. i mean as relatable as it
1: is the older i get mm-hmm. um it's not the most <laughs> enjoyable read because everyone's
2: so annoyed with bella um, but then again it's like she's a teenager yeah she's reacting how a teenager which is, would. Like, that is exactly her what, how i reacted my yeah, junior
1: year of high school the end of the I <laughs> world <laughs> When extremely <laughs> depressed like
2: that's what happens <laughs> So I think like Meyer ended up to really she ended up really capturing the teenage girl experience, yes. even though she was so many years past And I think that. that's why it resonates, I, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't even think I could accurately accurately write what it's like being a teenage girl now no. just because I'm so far past that. And the fact that she was able to do that. Yeah. After like having kids and everything and still be able to tap into what it feels like to be a teenage girl where every single moment in your relationship is the most important thing in the world. (laughs) Well, I was, I just
1: thought like, it reminds me kind of like of why Olivia Rodrigo is so good. Right. It's because she's Uh talking about like, just like rage, like teenage girl rage Mm -hmm. and like almost like feelings that teenage girls aren't allowed to feel. So, You know, like I said, like Bella was feeling very sexually attracted to her boyfriend, right? She was feeling very, very intense feelings about her boyfriend. And Olivia Rodrigo is talking about really being very, very angry and very, very hurt, you know? And I think there's like something in a lot of us that did not feel validated when we were those ages. So when we find characters or find people who can express that well... I think, like, that's probably why it resonated with so many different women, right? Like, not just other teenage girls,
2: grown women at that time, too. Exactly. And it's, like, they were allowing her to be kind of... Unlikable. Upset and unlikable and everything. And when... Because, like... That's how all of us feel. Yeah. And,
1: like, also, too, I feel like sometimes it's, like, the worst thing a woman can be in the society is unlikable, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. So it's, like...
1: Agreed. let, Let us be unlikable. Not even just Kristen Stewart though, I do feel like Robert Pattinson got so just slammed, right? For these movies. And yeah. I feel bad for both of them, but it's like if you look at the stuff, like they've been working ever since. Like they've been in a lot of It made
2: them famous. Movies, so
1: it's kind of like Yeah. They're obviously not bad actors. Like sure, was the dialogue no. kind of uh, like, yeah, it was cringy dialogue. It was this, it was that, but like they're good actors so like yes let's shut down the narratives there
2: agreed also i listened to like an art pop talk episode on like a cult classic oh, like yeah. what makes a movie have a cult following and everything and honestly the first movie the first twilight movie has a lot of those like key points. oh yeah That like sometimes it's like a little cringy but like enjoyable like cringy, you just and like low budget it. yeah yeah, and, like, kind of cinematic in its own way with, like, really cool shots. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that was really going for it that we're probably going to jump around the map on this. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is all over the but, place, uh, but it's a rant episode. The soundtrack. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, Robert Pattinson himself said that, like, the Twilight soundtrack was way ahead of its time. Yeah. And something that's even really cool about it is that Stephanie Meyer put together playlists that she had used when she was writing the books Uh as inspiration for each of the books. And a lot of those songs ended up... In the movie. On the movie soundtrack. And then also, like, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson were practicing the dance uh-huh. for, like, the final prom scene. And Kristen Stewart just put on the and Iron song. and Wine Flightless yeah. Bird. And it ended up being in the movie and being like a major hit just because she chose it off of her playlist for them to practice dancing. And they liked it so much. They kept it. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I want to talk about next. So the music supervisor for the movie, too, was,
1: by the way, also a woman. Um, Her name was Alexandra Potsavas. I think I'm saying that right. I think this movie and the movie soundtrack like totally changed. I feel like Twilight and Shrek are like the movies that like made their soundtracks a big deal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's a very like good Like Those are the like two movies where I'm like, they have solid soundtracks, but the CD like that they released, the album they released, that was the soundtrack. Um, it debuted at number one on the billboard 100 and sold 165,000 copies in the first week of release. And it is the best selling theatrical movie soundtrack in the United States since Chicago
2: and very well deserved yeah
1: and like in your like you said like they were all music that they were fans of like Stephanie Meyer is a huge fan of the band Muse Muse was definitely Mm -hmm. featured the the album had a lead single which was Decode by Paramore and that was nominated for like at the Grammys yeah like you mentioned like she made playlists so I think it's cool that like music was so intertwined with like the creation of the books and like from the beginning that like of course the soundtracks Mm -hmm. to it would also go on and be a big deal too and like even like the Christina yes. Christina Perry song like a thousand years like that song was huge mm-hmm. and it came out yeah for the breaking dawn and I think that was like it was the wedding scene. that was like the first time I would seen it because they've done it a lot now more where it's like a major artist puts out a song with the movie like that was one of the first times I had really seen that and now you kind of see that happening all the time
2: kind of crazy another thing kind of like that actually um so Harry Potter was the first movie in the United States even though it's a British film but you know what yes. I mean that kind of did like the part one part two yeah. the finale uh-huh. but however this is kind of the one that I feel like even more popularized yeah it because um the final Harry Potter book Deathly Hallows is like so big but I think everyone was kind of it. expecting yes. them but Twilight technically like it's been done before that that final book could have been one movie they've done it millions of times and so i think it kind of ended up popularizing this whole idea it came out only a year or two after deathly Uh hollows did and so it ended up kind of really popularizing that part one part two that now we see all of the time for like everything including the hobbit which was three parts and that was a little excessive considering it's a children's book like literally I don't think I ever saw the first part of that
1: it's fun we're gonna take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists today for our artist spotlights we're gonna switch it up a little bit but kind of stay on theme with the episode where we're just gonna shout out some book series or books we've been reading lately that are written by women that we've been enjoying yes so I'll go first Okay, so if you're on like book talk, you've probably seen people talk about it. So I'm going to give it one more plug because I loved it. And I'm on the second book right now. (laughs) Um, It's A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass, I think. M A A S. I have not read a fantasy book since I was in high school, maybe even middle school. But I was Mm -hmm. at Barnes & Noble with my husband because my husband loves books. So we go on a lot of dates to Barnes & Noble. We just look around. Yes, he loves it. And um, I was like, oh, like I've heard of that book because I saw it on the bookshelf. And like, I really love the covers, by the way. They look, they're very pretty the way they all look together. Um, But there were these Mm -hmm. two girls that were like, like, I don't know who they were, but they're like, oh my gosh, are you thinking about buying that book? I was like, I've kind of thought about it. Like I've seen people talk about it. Like you need to get it. You'll love it. And I was like, okay, well, if two <laughs> strangers are going to go out of their way to like eavesdrop on my conversation yeah. and recommend it, I'll take it. So I, I did, I read it and I, I loved it. I truly did. That's awesome. So if you're looking for something fun to get you back into reading, cause that's kind of what it was for me. It's like, you know, like the kind of books that it's like you're thinking about it when you're not reading it because you just like want to know how it ends. Like that mm-hmm. was the kind of book. And I think the first book in a while where like when I wasn't reading, I, I was thinking about it. Like I was like, I just need to go back and finish the book. Like so oh I can know gosh, what happened, I love you that. know, which like I think a lot of the books I yeah. read, lately, like I enjoy them. But it's just kind of like, oh, when I pick them up, I'll read them and I'll enjoy them. But this one. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about it. <laughs> I needed I needed the ending to be good.
2: I'm gonna have to pick it up. Yeah, I would
1: 100% recommend. Like I said, I'm sure if you've cool. been paying attention, if you're the type to get book recommendations on TikTok, I'm sure you've already gotten it. But I'm giving it to you one more. It time. It has been everywhere. It's really good. There's a reason. That's awesome. And I've heard that they're making a some. I think on Hulu they're doing an adaptation of it.
2: So oh, cool. Read it before it comes Love out. Love that. Yeah. On the theme of this episode, really quick, I'm gonna plug read the twilight series again true and then i talked about this in our romance novels episode so you should check that out but i have a guilty pleasure of reading it's not is it even are we still reusing the term guilty it is pleasures? not it
1: is strictly a pleasure it is something you enjoy it's a
2: pleasure i enjoy reading western romance novels and my favorite author <laughs> is mary Connolly. And um, with the new Kindle Unlimited app, I've been reading a ton. This is not an ad. This is just... (laughs) We wish it was. I pay $10 a month and I can read a ton of books. I love that. (laughs) It's really great. Um, But I read her Wild at Heart series. Um, So there's three of them, Tried and True, Now and Forever, and Fire and Ice. And it's basically about these three sisters whose dad forced them to pretend to be men and go off to fight in the Civil War. And then when they come back, he's still having them pretend to be men in order to get – when you fought in the Civil War, if you came back from war, then you got, like, two years deducted off of your homesteading Mm. agreement thing. So you have to homestead for five years before you own the property is kind of how it works. Um, And so they could get two years deducted off of it. So he has them pretend to be men. Their dad's the worst And then um, each book is about the three different sisters and, of course, them falling in love. And, yeah. But, yeah, I I really liked them. I've been trying to get my mom to read them because I... Loved them. It's probably my favorite series I've read since the one I loaned you. Oh, yes. I've been reading um, The Montana Marriages. Yes. So since those ones, that has been my favorite. I don't know why I get so embarrassed when we talk about this. I need to just oh, own up no, to you it. You
1: like Western-themed romances. It's okay. I don't know
2: why. It's a very
1: weird You know what, thing. though? I got through, I don't remember what the first one in it, but I read the first book in the Montana Marriages series. Mm-hmm. I got through it so quickly. I
2: was so, I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed Learning, they're and just reading it. It was fun. Cute. I don't know if it's just cause, like the simplicity of it all. I'm just like, ah, a time when things were just easier. easier. Or if there's some part of me that secretly wishes that I lived during that time period and settled the West. I don't
1: know. I was going to say, I mean, you can probably move to Montana now. <laughs> like, you're allowed
2: oh anyway it's just kind of funny but i love her she's such a good author i literally haven't read that many books of hers that i haven't enjoyed and that's what she does she does western, um, romance. western romances so i love it they're fun mary Connolly. anything by her check it out and just a reminder we'll link all these we have an amazon oh, affiliate yeah so if you're gonna buy them anyway if you're gonna go order court of thorn and roses right after we, you finish listening to yeah. this yeah or if you want to buy the twilight series and read them again or the host or whatever then um we'll have the links for all of these and you can buy it through our link and we'll get a small little profit off of it and it's no additional cost to you yeah you so,
1: can support the podcast yeah if buy it in-
2: and if these books don't interest you we have a ton from like every single book we've covered mm-hmm uh every episode we've ever done pretty much has a couple of books that we linked that go along with it if you're interested in learning more about women in the arts or any of the women we've covered or really anything all right now back to the show
0: I want to
1: talk, too, about how Twilight really changed cinema and the movie world. Oh, my gosh. And I found this article that The Guardian put out that was just called 10 Years of Mm -hmm. Twilight, The Extraordinary Feminist Legacy of the Panned Vampire Saga. So I really like it. I'm going to link that in the show notes because it's a good read. Um, And I'm going to read a little bit from it just because they always word things so much nicer than I will. But they said, The part that shocked Hollywood was that the film's stunning success was fueled by, quote, girl power, says Melissa Silverstein of Women in Hollywood. The general consensus in Hollywood is that films and books made for men and boys are seen as universal and things that are made for women and girls are somehow seen as other women are seen as a niche audience. This nicheification of women has been one of the most enduring problems facing the much maligned chick flick. But then the sensation of Twilight in 2008 caused Hollywood studios to kind of perk up and pay attention to this new buying demographic, which were young women. And then in parentheses, it says, and let's be honest, they're vampire struck mums, which is (laughs) cute. But of course, like for years before, like it was all like the superhero movies that were really like targeted more towards like the 12 to 25 year old male audience without really kind of taking into account like what. Could we create for the women audience and how could that actually serve us? And yeah. so then after that comes Jennifer Lawrence in the Hunger Games, which was a huge success. Um, Shailene mm-hmm. Woodley in the Divergent movies. And then even like on the younger end, like with Brave and Frozen, I think was kind of like also the tail end of
2: like making women the protagonists and like the main focus of this. Even, like, a note on that, just beyond the movies, the books yeah. for The Hunger Games and Divergent, I think that they were extremely inspired mm-hmm. by Twilight, especially the love triangles, yeah. um, that whole deal. Like, they saw what worked and they ran mm-hmm. with it. They're, like, strong female protagonist, impossible situation, kind of like, moody romance. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. the Katniss and Bella have very similar energies.
2: Agreed. Like, completely. It's kind of safe to say that a lot of those popular franchises that are so beloved today and haven't received that same level of criticism as Twilight, they wouldn't without exist Twilight. without it. No, especially...
1: I feel, yeah. like, I feel like Divergent is kind of like the lesser... Like, I don't think that one really did as good. But, like, Hunger Games was huge. Yeah.
2: Hunger Games was a really big deal. And I think it took a lot of inspiration from Twilight. And I don't think we would technically have it if it if twilight hadn't come along
1: first i agree um the article goes on to says like twilight changed the perception the idea that a movie about a girl wouldn't be popular wouldn't make a lot of money it blew it out of the water i mean clearly mm-hmm. a novel written by a woman a movie directed by a female we broke records people can use that for ammo when another female director goes to a meeting they're gonna say well i don't think you can do this they can respond with well Catherine did it twilight did it you use it as a building block to the next thing and the very next thing and i think it's like we can see like you know from like the 2010 to maybe 2015, 2016 like that was so the trend we saw that with like the love triangles and like <laughs> d- d- such moody characters like the most
2: so moody, moody characters like give me a break oh my gosh like brooding oh. moody no one was happy no. everyone was obsessed <laughs> it's i mean like a, relatable but like oh my gosh uh it kind of was a drag to read sometimes let's be honest i know <laughs> like
1: bella katniss like <laughs> chirp up like it's fine yeah
2: i was like holy cow girl will be okay <laughs> but i mean i'm such a hypocrite so it's fine <laughs> yeah, i know seriously um something else like a quick note before we get into some other stuff is that i also think like it's interesting to see some of the inspiration that stephanie meyer had beyond like the music yeah. Each book in the series is apparently inspired by a different literary classic, oh. which I didn't know this until I found I this. I didn't know either. So Twilight, but it makes sense. If you go back and watch the movies, I think it's in the movies. Mm-hmm. If not, it's definitely in the books. Whatever class, like whatever book they're talking about in like English class or the Edward quotes a lot or something in that oh. book is the one that she based it on.
1: Is the first and one Romeo and
2: Juliet? Or is it New Moon? No, New Moon okay. is Romeo yes, and Juliet. Yes, because
1: I I watched part of New Moon yesterday, and then I they, they reference, reference Romeo and Juliet, and Juliet in the English lot. scene in.
2: Yeah, yes, uh-huh. they reference it a ton. Um, Twilight was technically based on Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, which, if you think about it, they're kind of whole like. He won't talk about what's going on. She's confused and irritated by him. Like that kind of whole deal. Um, Obviously, these are all very loose. Um, Eclipse is based by Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights. And Breaking Dawn was inspired by Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice and A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. Which I was like, interesting. But I just thought that that was really cool. And it kind of also shows um, Stephanie Meyer's like literary heroes. Yeah. Um, In a lot of ways, which it's fun that it's a lot of women, too. I thought that was very cool of her. Jane Austen, also Shakespeare. But, I mean, there are a lot of rumors that Shakespeare was a woman. So (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) She was inspired by Austen, Shakespeare, and Orson Scott Card, especially. And then the Bronte sisters. Um, Those are who she lists as her, like, primary influences. And due to her, like, helping produce the films she actually went on to um help form a production studio and she produced austin land
1: oh yeah which have you seen i austin love land? austin land
2: yeah yeah a low budget also based on a very cute book if you've read any of jane Austen's It's another books, just like feel like good movie land. where it's like i just want to feel happy for the next hour
1: and a half i'm yeah. gonna watch austin land
2: yeah and so i thought that was kind of cool, cool that, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, she helped with the production of that. So kind of some other little fun facts before we move into this next little section of the problem. Okay, yes. (laughs) So
1: the next section of the episode is, I'm titling, Is Twilight Problematic? Because while there was also tons of criticism for people just saying, Twilight's trash, Twilight doesn't deserve the success, blah, 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 there's also the other end of is Twilight problematic? Is it teaching people incorrect things? Which, like, I'm not here to say no per se. Like, yeah. it's got its issues, but let's talk about it. Let's. Look um. At it. So first off, the Guardian article makes this point of like looking at through, like looking through, you know, this Me Too generation. I quote: "There is something to be said for a boy who is not pressuring a teenage girl to have sex." Which, you know, what? I'll yep. give that to Edward because they kind
2: of flipped that on its head because yeah. the fella is the one who's like no we should have sex and he's like no, no we shouldn't
1: <laughs> which granted i mean he is you know 109 107 so like maybe there's weird things there when she's 17 but i
2: yeah so that always seems to be one of the main controversies and it's like okay but he's frozen at age 17 what other 109 year olds out there is he supposed to that's it i mean you're right yeah and so i don't know i kind of get it but i'm also kind of like okay but he wasn't dating anyone else in the school it was only when bella came along that he was bella like special so i don't know if it necessarily makes him like i don't think he's a predator a pedophile but no because his brain like is 17 developing technically at 17 even though he has life more years experience. Of experience so i don't know i kind of like i think that it's kind of weird to consider it like A predator situation when it's, like, this is a paranormal situation. It's, like, he's Mm -hmm. a vampire. You know what I I, mean? And it isn't a child. I agree.
1: Like, we have to kind of suspend a little bit of disbelief here. And,
2: like... Because you like said like it's literally vampires, like I don't know. Yeah. Um. So technically, if you take out the vampire part, it's a seventeen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old. Yes. And that's not problematic. I, I at agree all. with this. So I don't know that one. I'm kind of like well, I kind of see what they're going for, but it feels like a stretch because it's like I can see that. But another thing that people kind of were upset with their
1: relationship dynamic was like Edward being so overprotective of Bella and kind of like pointing out of like she's. She is a pretty independent character, but she, like, only is independent and speaks her mind, really, when she's around her family or her friends. But, like, when she's around Edward, it's, like, much more of, like, the, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just all about Edward and, like, being obsessed about him. Which, like, uh, I can, I actually can kind of <laughs> see that personally. Yeah. Like, because uh-huh. I've been the girlfriend I know. I'm like, that's very teenage yeah. girl. <laughs> Where like, um, literally my whole world revolved around my boyfriend and anything he said, mm-hmm. I would do. Like, so, and yeah. it's not, and that sh- shouldn't be encouraged. So like, sure. But like, at the same time, like it is speaking true to the teenage girl experience. And so like, I don't know. And also, I mean, he does watch her while she sleeps and stalks her. But like, yeah, so he is like very crazy. weirdly, overly protective in ways that I think like other men who aren't good can also share you know have those tendencies mm-hmm. and does it romanticize actually weird harmful behaviors probably maybe probably
2: maybe, yeah but like maybe you no know,
1: they're not perfect they're kind of
2: i know i mean she didn't set out to write like a feminist
1: exactly novel. and like <laughs> i don't think anyone's here to say that edward and bella aren't like some of the most dramatic characters ever but like it's fine <laughs> it's not like the ideal relationship any of us should be looking (laughs) at (laughs) like we mentioned earlier it's like twilight actually convinces us i'm quoting here that self-denial is hot fan reactions suggest that in the beginning edward and bella's chaste but sexually charged relationships was steamy precisely because it was unconsummated and there's people who have labeled it as abstinence porn so basically (laughs) like those who are practicing abstinence can still you know (laughs) feel steamy I, I hate that I worded it that way, but I'm sticking to it. That's
2: kind of funny, though. Uh, I think that one's funny to us because it's like, I don't know. It's, it's like the religion we grew up yeah, in. Yeah, I think like, it's so funny eh, to me because it's like that is kind of what we grew up in, you know? Yeah. It's, just like, so it's like, ah, that doesn't bother me. <laughs> So, I mean, technically, that could be summed up as like a cultural thing for, Stephanie which I March think that's really what go it to is. college I, and I
1: saw I, I saw someone else pointing out the fact that like on the way home in the plane ride from um, from like the Volturi, like when Bella doesn't think that Edward wants to be with her because they're really bad at communicating Edward and Bella. yeah, where like to stay awake, she's like sipping diet Coke. Or when it's like why isn't oh, she yeah. sipping coffee <laughs> but, but it's just because it's like when you're mormon like wait, that's what <laughs> that's what you drink yeah. if you need
2: caffeine agreed so i don't even think that's a fault of it's Stephanie just Meyers the lens i think she viewed her teenage yeah. years through which mm-hmm. if she was on a plane trying to stay awake she'd be drinking she'd diet, Coke. Be drinking diet Coke. it's Coke. not to say that like coffee's a bad thing but when she's writing a book like that's gonna and think, like, be that's the like that's like just like one of those small things brain. you don't
1: really. <laughs> think that that's like a part of your culture but it totally is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's funny I
2: didn't not even remember that I didn't that. either I, I don't even remember twice. who
1: or what I was listening to that pointed that out but I thought it was oh my so gosh. funny
2: yeah I kind of love in this next part you have mm-hmm. um it talks about how like even though Bella kind of had that dependence on Edward and everything there was also like this powerful yeah. part to mm-hmm. her yeah like, Edward could read everyone's brain except for her. Like, people could... Um, I think it's in book two they find out. Like, the girl who can hurt people with her brain, she can hurt everyone except for Bella. Yeah. Like, Bella has these, like, strange powers and then this, like, strong determination. She's a very strong-willed character. Yeah, that allows her to kind of make it to the end, um, especially giving birth to, like, a hybrid baby. And then um, ends up being, like, this really powerful... Vampire. ...active and empowered vampire. Yeah, that's able to, like, project force fields to everyone and protect them and everything. So,
1: Which also, like, makes me think, too, because I was watching New Moon. Like, the entire, like, first 20 minutes of the movie is her just, like, being annoyed and, like, mad at Edward because she wants to be a vampire. So it's, like, he always had his reasons, but I do feel like she spoke her mind, you know? Like, she was always like, no... No, I want this
2: because I want this. <laughs> Actually, me and my mom rewatched all these movies not too long uh-huh. ago just for fun. And after the first one, I was like, honestly, he just should have let her turn. Yeah, he should have. <laughs> and my mom was like, "Oh, but then they wouldn't have their baby and all this other stuff." And I was like, "Meh." Well, that you should have let her just okay, turn. <laughs> okay, so
1: you said that you don't have that big of a problem with Jacob imprinting on May. Is that her name? Yes.
2: Yeah, so I think it goes to how they explain imprinting in the okay. book. That it's not necessarily romantic. It's just that they're, like, you care about them. You're in right. the way that they, you're whatever, they're whatever, you're whatever they need you to be. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Because there's, like, another one of them that has, like, a toddler that he's imprinted on, technically. But he's basically just, like, her babysitter and best friend. But, like... Don't you think that, like,
1: eventually, like, it always will inevitably turn romantic? And then does that, like, take away the agency from that girl because a werewolf has imprinted
2: on her? (laughs) So I actually read a lot of, like, criticism that's come from this idea that, like, the vampires are allowed to choose who they want to be with. But then the werewolves are not. And the fact that the werewolves are indigenous Uh, and the vampires are all primarily white. white, People were like, that's not fair. Um, I think it kind of goes back to this idea that people really love to romanticize the concept of soulmates, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't personally believe in because we don't live in a perfect world and that's just not possible. But in a fictional book, I can get the appeal where you can create your own perfect world where where it all works out every time Yeah, that a soulmate makes sense. So I think that's the idea of it with imprinting is that it's basically a soulmate. yes. And my that, thought is does that person yeah. imprint back on you though
1: if they're not a werewolf
2: because
1: because then no it takes away it the agency. So that's my one issue Yeah, with it.
2: I think they ended up describing that how could you not love someone that is basically everything you need them to be. That's fair. And that's why it ends up working. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not my favorite part of the book. I don't think it was necessarily important. I I find it so interesting she
1: made that creative choice. Like, that really put... (laughs) No one saw that one come in.
2: Yeah, and I think, like, obviously, it wasn't necessarily important, but it was her way of kind of making the Jacob fans feel included in the whole thing on like why he was so drawn to Bella and everything else it wasn't just because she was an attractive teenage girl it was because he had this weird pseudo connection with her unborn child (laughs) so (laughs) like I mean I understand the criticism I understand what she was kind of going for I just don't think it's necessarily as creepy as everyone goes to explain it it's kind of the same thing with Edward being a vampire I think that there's a paranormal level where you have to kind of understand that it's not a normal situation and therefore it's not a normal (laughs) outcome yeah yeah Yeah,
1: exactly that's that's a fair I will I accept that I mean of course it's weird everyone knows it's weird but like whatever
2: (laughs) also in a video I watched I said that even those two things are very common in other books that don't have the same kind of paranormal explanations Mm -hmm. like very 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 older men interacting with much younger women and yet they don't seem to receive the same criticism that twilight has gotten yeah exactly
1: that actually makes me like i totally meant to bring this up earlier but like it's funny how there can be things that are given to or created for a more stereotypically male audience that are allowed to be fun like i don't think Mm -hmm. anyone is claiming that the transformers movies or the fast and furious movies are cinematic masterpieces but I don't think I mean, people poke fun at the fact that they're silly, but I don't think there's the level of hate and criticism that they get because it's like they're just fun movies. Like they're just fun action movies yeah. and that's all that they're designed to be. But it's like, why can't Twilight just be fun romance? You know, it's like if if there's something that's exactly. just fun for women, it is like, uh, like crucified as far as like <laughs> how it's seen in Pop culture, but like, there's a lot of silly exactly. things that are created for boys, and there's some poking fun. Like, I make fun of the Fast and Furious movies,
2: but like, I think, uh especially with like action movies, yeah. there are so many like horrible and there's so stupid, many like cheesy. Yeah, there's just the same plot over and over again, <laughs> and yeah, like, no one blinks an eye. It's just another, oh, just another whatever, it was a fun movie. hour, you know, like, not the next cinematic masterpiece, but who cares? It was yeah, fun. fun, that's all that matters, and yeah. I think that's the thing with Twilight, too. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be analyzed in every aspect to see if it's perfectly politically correct, considering the fact that it was also written, like, over 10 years yeah. ago. So is it going to live up to today's standards? No. No. <laughs> Most stuff doesn't. Absolutely <laughs> like, not. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those things that's like, just let it be what it yeah, was. Yeah. It's, like, it's okay like, that it was just a fun yeah. romance young adult novel. That's all it was. Agreed. Yeah. There's it's not going to change anything you know it's still a multi-million dollar industry it was you billion know, like, dollar industry yeah. yeah and it made the money it made it made stars out of it it popularized bands it changed studio lineups it totally like,
1: changed the way
2: yeah <laughs> vampire
1: diaries hunger changed games young adult
2: fiction and everything so it's just like just let it exist and be happy that it came along because everything else that came after it only exists because Twilight it did. Who knew the ripple yeah. effects, right?
1: Um, yeah, exactly. I want to end with a quote from our our favorite Kristen Stewart yeah. from an interview magazine where she says, anybody who wants to talk shiz about Twilight, <laughs> I'm really just diving in my culture this episode, aren't I? <laughs> shiz, Diet Coke, <laughs> and abstinence. Anyways. <laughs> So our culture <laughs> our What was it like to grow up in a small community in Utah?
2: Yes. Okay. Shiz coconuts. Now, <laughs> Put that on a t shirt. <laughs>
1: okay, uh don't tempt me. Um anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who wants to talk about Twilight, I completely get it. But there's something that I'm endlessly and to this day still proud of. My memory of it felt and still feels really good. So shout out yeah. to Kristen Stewart. It must have been fun. Oh, like, I'm sure being able to and like, like she. That's they yeah. were in love. For, I mean, didn't she end up cheating on him? Come on, Kristen. But I don't still, know. They, were, they in love. were in love for a while.
2: <laughs> yeah, they actually they chose the two of them because they had such great chemistry together. Yeah, and so they did it Makes sense. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> <laughs> still lie, laughing about that. Me too. <laughs> okay,
0: oh, man. well, anyways,
2: that's
1: Twilight for you guys. <laughs> that is Twilight. Any final thoughts? Um, also.
2: Yes. Yes, one little final note. My favorite book of Stephanie Myers is The Host. Oh, I need to read it after you yes, mentioned it to me. I love it. And I read on here that the movie was apparently a flop. And that bothers me because
1: I also love that I, movie. I haven't seen the book. I mean, hold on. I haven't read the book or seen the movie. Now I want to do both. I bowl. love
2: that book. So when me and... um. My ex went on a road trip. We, I read the host out loud to him okay. for the road trip. I'm, I love <laughs> that. I was trying to keep us entertained, and it's one of my favorite books. And like, he was totally into it. It's more sci-fi. Isn't it like aliens? Um, yes. So basically, aliens take over Earth, and they're trying to like perfect everything and make it wonderful. And so they, but they can't live without a host. Uh-huh. So they have to inhabit like other human bodies. Yeah. And then they, like, their eyes change color and they take over their body. And then they always obey the laws and they do everything right and all this stuff. Anyway, and then there's a girl who's trying to escape from them because, obviously, they're taking over bodies. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah, that's um, and then she gets a host put in her head and they end up talking to each other and kind of having this whole mm. adventure that goes on. But... There's also a love triangle, but it's kind of different because there's two women in one mind. Does that make sense? Okay, yes. So I was just going to say, like, if you weren't a huge fan of Twilight and maybe want to read something else, but still want to give like, I don't know, Stephanie Meyer another chance, read The Host. I'm going to.
1: It's on my I list. I love it. I love it I remember so much. I asked for yeah. like, book recommendations not that long ago. And like you mentioned The Host and like two other people were like, actually, The Host is one of my favorites. And I was like, OK, cool. Good to know. Hope you guys enjoyed our takes. I, as we've been talking, I feel like I've been getting so much more passionate than I
2: thought that I would be, but there we go. <laughs> I know. I'm not even like a diehard not fan at of Twilight. All. <laughs> I just, I think after reading all of this, it was like, you know what? It deserved more it credit than it yeah. got. And it was hated a lot more than it ever should
1: totally. have been. And you want to know what? I so, thoroughly enjoy myself when yeah. I watch those movies. So well, thanks for being here. Happy October. Happy Halloween. We have one more bonus episode coming your way this October. Yes. One more Halloween theme. And then finish out the spooky season. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. If you're a fan, definitely be sure to follow us on Instagram. We can keep the keep the conversation going about our podcast and about our episodes, our people we spotlight, just at More Than Amused Podcast. If you're a fan too, leave us a review, subscribe. We really appreciate it.
2: Yes, we do. We're happy to have you all here, and we'll be back again next Monday. Yeah, so see you then. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you
1: a fist pumper?